0: You are listening to an RPA Production, where people gather. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present... Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. Uh, thank you so much for all the support everyone has given me. I've been going through a little bit of tough times here in uh, June, and I know I said I wasn't going to make any episodes, but I, I, I found the time to do it. And it's the perfect thing to do because my, my family and all, we all sat down and, and watched It. And so I, I just had to talk about It. You know, Stephen King's It. Man, that is one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, it's also, you know, was one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and of course, when I was saying favorite movies of all time, I'm talking about, like, the Tim Curry version, uh, you know, way back in the 90s. Uh, that that I really loved. But also, you know, the reason why it spoke to me is because I think I was the right age for, for that. When I first read the book, I was about the age of the kids in that story. Uh, so, obviously... I, I felt a, a kinship to the, the kid part of the story, and I think the same went through when I watched the movie, and, and of course what I'm here talking to you today is uh, about It, the movie that just recently came out, so so, It, uh, the new version, uh, the, the, the latest version, and so uh, with that, let's go ahead and talk about It, and this is, uh, of course, from a fan. Uh so I I like it. Overall, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think they did a really great job. They I feel, you know, having read the book, they represented the book very, very well. They they represented the uh, what I thought was the original vision of the story and and they really like hit it really well and I'm I'm excited by the way to see the uh the next part. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert. We always talk about spoilers in the show, so you shouldn't be too, uh, you know, uh, surprised, I guess, by by a spoiler. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about spoilers in case this is your first time hearing hearing the show. Uh, so yeah, spoiler alert: this is not the first part of it. This is actually going to be a second part where they're all grown up and they come back uh, years later, and of course, that's a. Uh, you know, once again, in line with the original book, it's kind of two stories in one. It's the story of all the kids encountering this creature that's feeding off a town, and also the story of the adults that come back to finish the job that they started when they were young. And so the very first part deals with the kid story, the, the one where they figure out there's something weird going on in their town, and uh, they're going to go ahead and and take care of business. Now... The one thing that I am going to say that is very different about this movie versus the original version with uh, Tim Curry as as it, uh, I didn't really get a chance to take a look at IMDb before before I recorded this episode, so I apologize. I... I don't know who any of the actors are in the first one. Usually I do my research, but, you know, my my circumstances this month has me, you know, kind of running off the cuff here. Uh, But I I felt, you know, if we're just going to compare performances of the killer clown, I think they both did a fantastic job. I think Tim Curry is always going to be, you know, uh, someone special in (laughs) in that role because, well, he's the first one to do it and also... uh, you know it's Tim Curry, man. He's done a lot of stuff, but uh this other person, the, the the person who did it from the new series, I think did really well, and I think he did really well in 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 making the clown a little bit more scary in the sense that, uh like, that the it's it's interesting how if you watch those two side by side. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the the '90s version, but. You know, if you watch the remake of it, the, the recent one to come out, and then you watch the 90s version, I feel like it it kind of shows you the direction that horror movies went. Uh, there's a little bit more scares. Uh, there's a little bit more moments that are supposed to be scary in the later version. So there's a little bit more encounters with the weird hallucinations that happen from the creature in that town uh so the the clown creature which is sort of the the i guess the face that you see most often of it uh you know it it has all for those of you that of course haven't seen it it has all these weird hallucinations that come with it so people will see what they're most afraid of so for example there's one character who uh, you know, his mom is a hypochondriac, and he's kind of a hypochondriac too, so he sees a leper, you know, and, uh, and in, uh, the original version, of course, uh, you know, I, I forget what he saw, but I know, I know there was, uh, like one moment where one of the characters who saw the Wolf Man in, you know, the movie theater went and saw the Wolf wolfman and, and was afraid of it. You know, but of course, The Wolfman is not really scary to us modern audiences, uh, so they couldn't really go the old-school horror route of, you know, seeing vampires and mummies and wolfmen. You know, that's not necessarily as scary, so they had to go with kind of lepers and weird zombie creatures and seeing your dead little brother, like, say creepy things to you. You know, like, like I felt it, it shows... A different level of what's scary now as opposed to what was scary before so I feel that that it's you know when you watch a horror movie it's a good pulse on what people are afraid of especially if you watch a very successful horror movie for the time period that's in that it's in I mean Take the Exorcist, for example, that movie was so scary that they had priests like hanging out outside the theater, uh, you know to to console people because they were they were so afraid of that movie. Uh, you know, I The Exorcist, if it were released nowadays, I don't you know if, if we took the exact same movie and released it shot for shot, uh, I just don't think you would have the same reaction. I don't think people are as a, as afraid. You know, as as what was depicted in that movie, and and so I think, like you know, a horror movie is a great a great way to take a look at you know what is society really afraid of right now, and 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 how do we scare people, and and what does it take to be scary, and I think that is a a good example of if you look at it uh it's a good example of what's what's changed i think you know what what has changed is uh horror movies need to have more moments that are scary in it like like it's 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 interesting to note that in this new movie it kind of picks up the pace very quickly like you you encounter pennywise throughout the story very quickly and uh in the original you do encounter pennywise but it it starts ramping up more towards the end of the the kid part of the story and in the beginning they there's a lot of establishing the kids and and there's a lot of like like moments that don't <laughs> involve the clown whereas this is like almost every single scene eventually ends in Something has something scary happen you know so it, it's interesting to 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 show that there's a, a a difference in how we view movies and our kind of expectations of those movies so there's I think there's a higher expectation to to be scary now with that being said, was I actually scared no i'm I'm not actually really scared of it or you know of the first or the second one you know it, it, clowns are creepy man so so don't get me wrong if i if I met Pennywise or you know any clown on on the street, I probably would be a little bit, you know, terrified. Like I, I, I'm sure you read the news and heard about all these uh, clown sightings. You know that were were terrifying people. Hang on. Uh, actually, I have a funny story. I actually did see Pennywise. Uh, so I I live in Minneapolis right now, and uh, I used to work in in Uptown Minneapolis, and, and my drive home would would take me on hennepin and uptown minneapolis and and uh for anyone that you know knows the minneapolis area uptown hennepin avenue is sort of like this really trendy like like just just think a bunch of hipsters like like all your hipsters are all converged in this one area and, and that's and that's the area that you're, you're going in and so there's a lot of a lot of foot traffic right so so even though I'm in a car, there's a lot of people walking around in the area. And uh, I actually did see some dude dressed as Pennywise the Clown, like walking down Hennepin Avenue, just like sort of waving at people and being generally creepy. And, and it was like right around the time when all those clown sightings were in the news. So it was like like obviously like, like that guy was like being really inspired to be like, like, you know what, I'm going to go dress up like Pennywise. I, I wish I got a picture of it because it was kind of, comical, you know, and, and maybe I would have been more creeped out had I been walking down the street and saw him there, as opposed to being in a car, you know. When you're in a car and you see a creepy clown, you're like, I could just run the clown over, you know. <laughs> like, if if he were to jump on my car, I'd just speed up. So, uh, maybe there's a little bit of layer of protection, as opposed to you know, where, where I heard these clown stories of, like, people walking in the forest and seeing, like, a clown staring at them in the distance. And, yeah, that'd be kind of creepy if you're on foot and there's a clown there. So, yeah, I, I totally get clowns are creepy. Uh, so, you know, good on Stephen King for nailing that on the head that clowns are more creepy than they are funny. But, uh, with that being said, uh, <laughs> back to It, I think It was, a, you know, a you know i think pennywise uh when when you think about him as the he he's kind of the prototype of the the creepy clown he's kind of like you know stephen king i think really sort of made the clown creepy and, and clowns were you know creepy before Stephen King obviously Stephen King just picked up on that and said, you know what I'm gonna make a clown is my scary thing uh, so so obviously that that was something that that Stephen King picked up on but I, I think the the massive you know like like we get to the point where where Bart Simpson is sitting there in his bed going can't sleep the clowns will eat me can't sleep the clowns will be. me i'm sure you saw that simpsons episode uh you know that that massive pop culture moment i think was made by stephen king i think stephen king gets to to take credit for all our sort of (laughs) creepiness by clowns i think like in a way like like he sort of changed it from you know clowns make me uncomfortable and i don't know why to uh man clowns totally creep me out so you know, I I think that's where, where what Pennywise did for us as a, a as a cultural phenomenon, and I think you know that's that's where I think really it is a fantastic movie because I think it's this like it's just such a like the best way to explain it 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 it, it kind of does something that that we all fantasize about about kid you know when you're a kid like like having. group of friends and and going on some adventure and and uh beating some sort of evil because you you have the tenacity to do that i mean if if you look at like stranger things a very successful a tv show which i did talk about on an earlier episode so if you you want to hear that you can go to uh (laughs) to that episode but uh Uh, Yeah, you know, Stranger Things kind of hits on the same pulse or the same sort of thing that it does is that it's a group of kids getting together to fight this like uh, a greater evil. And and I think, you know, it uh, really hits on that impulse. And then also, you know, I think the adult part of the story is also very cool in the sense that that it allows adults to get together in a way that they would normally not do. I mean, I haven't, you know, the the adult part of the story is yet to come. And so I'll I'll have to do another episode when that, when that part of it comes out. But, you know, just to comment on that a little bit, I think like, you know, more often than not you do break off from your, your peers when you're, you're a kid and, and go your separate ways and, and there's something to be said about, you know, getting together, and, and that event, or that series of events that happen to get people together, I think is really kind of, kind of neat, and, and, I don't know, it, it speaks to, I think, people's sense of adventure, like, people's sense of, like, there's something more than just our everyday existence, uh, you know, paying bills, and, uh, punching the clock and, uh, (laughs) you know, making sure there's food in the fridge and stuff like that, you know, like, like it, it, it speaks to, there's like a, a greater purpose and, and we're all able to get together under that. And I I think that's, what's kind of neat about it. Like, like ultimately I think it is a fantasy story more so than a horror story. Uh, you know, I, I, Generally speaking, have have not been too scared about it, and the new movie, even though the scares are more frequent and and a little bit heavier hitting than they were in 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 the '90s version, I, I think. Like you know, I still wasn't that scared. I didn't you know stay up at night. I didn't have nightmares the next day or anything like that. I was just like, oh, this is a cool movie. You know what I mean? So you know, I think the 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 fantasy. Notion of it works more than the horror and the fantasy is like, generally speaking, a group of adventurers get together to fight a greater evil. I mean, if you look at Lord of the Rings, that's kind of the, the kind of the you know Fellowship of the Rings. All the adventurers get together and they go off to fight evil together. You know, <laughs> and that that's sort of the, the same thing it does. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, same thing. A group of adventurers get together and they go fight evil together. You know, like. like I think that's kind of why the story I think works really well. I think I think overall it's more of a fantasy story than it is a horror story to me, but it it definitely, you know, has the the horror aesthetic. So it has, you know, all the look of a horror movie but all the sort of heart and the adventure and the let's fight evil together of, of a fantasy novel, you know, and uh a fantasy movie. So, you know, I if you haven't seen it and and, and you you know, you you like if you you're like, I'm not really big into horror, Aaron, I don't even know why I'm listening to your podcast, I'm not not big into horror, but uh you know, if you're if you're one of those folks that like really like you see a movie like the human centipede and you're like, Oh God, no, please. Nothing like that. Don't ever show me like that. Something again. It's not going to be like that. It's, it's going to be more about people overcoming than it is necessarily about showing the worst in humanity. And, and there are definitely moments where you see bad behavior, but ultimately in the end, the, the good guys win. And, uh, that's kind of the the heart of a fantasy novel. Get the party together and go fight evil. Alright. Uh, well, with that, with the idea of fighting evil, I'm going to go ahead and read you the rest of Orion of that chapter that I stopped in the middle. I know that that's a really long time ago and You know, as far as, you know, you you could actually just go listen to one episode previous and you'll find out what you're missing on that chapter. So uh, this is life two that we're in in Orion, and it's basically the rest of life two. And uh, yeah, so that's up next. Uh, So yeah, without further ado, here's some Orion. Before I could get through two practice swings of my sword, I was on a horse, which I named Sirius. Overlooking a vast crowd of cheering city folk, the princess was seated on a raised platform, with the king and all his men. Even Grimwald was there. On the other side of the jousting arena was a man with blindingly brilliant armor. He was also handsome, well-built, and should have been a romantic lead in a Greek comedy. The band seemed pretty handy with a sword. In short, snarling barbarians weren't the only way to die. Sometimes hunky knights would do you in too. At this point, I was about to give up and let Grimwald burn down my farm and put my head on a spike when I saw the princess turn her head slightly towards me and smile. It was enough for me to spur my horse into a gallop when the horn blew. Each hoof struck the ground with a thunderous clump. Donkey Knight flipped his visor and aimed his lance towards me. I pointed mine. Our horses got closer and I realized I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know how to hold a lance. I closed my eyes and braced for impact. Nothing happened. I seemed to be riding for an unusually long time. When I worked up the guts to open my eyes I realized we had failed to lance each other and I was heading directly for a tent. I smacked right into the canvas, sliding, and rolled off my horse in a tangle of fabric. To make matters worse, it was a temporary latrine tent, and I ended up my roll into a pit in the ground. The crowd was roaring with laughter and I wanted to die. I looked back towards my opponent. He was dangling off his horse with one foot stuck in the stirrup. There was a crowd of soldiers around him. Grimwalt was among them. He pointed towards me and yelled at the top of his lungs. Sir Gawain has been poisoned! Get that man! Before I could even think about untangling myself from the poop-crusted web, a slew of guards descended upon me. There is not much else to tell at this point in my second life. What was left of it mostly involved being chained to a wall in a dungeon. But my embarrassment in front of the princess was worse than any torturous death the Middle Ages could cook up. Since the worst thing that could have happened to me already had, I welcomed death even though it wasn't going to be pleasant. Grimwald accused me of poisoning my competition to gain an advantage in battle, never mind that he didn't know who I was going to joust, and wouldn't have had the time to do it, much less access to an apothecary, but the motivation seemed pretty clear to the king, and (coughs) Grimwald was an honorable man. I was sentenced to death through purification, that's old English for this sucker's gonna get tortured. I didn't see the princess again in my second life, even though I had daydreams of her coming down to the dungeon to give me something for the pain. In fact, I would have skipped over the whole being tortured to that thing if it wasn't for one detail that's relevant to the whole story. Days later, when I was practically dead from dehydration, the door to my cell swung open. The torchlight blinded me. I could barely see the person unshackling me from the wall. I was dragged to a room in the dungeon that contained all sorts of horrific torture implements, from the classics like the Iron Maiden and the Rack, to strange devices whose functions I really couldn't guess. The hooded man tied me to a chair and tore open my shirt. He put a metal box over my stomach and then picked up another box that was squeaking. I struggled to free myself and said, Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Delighted to have a conversation for once, the hooded man knelt beside me and said, It's quite ingenious, really. I pour this bundle of rats on your chest, and then I put an open flame to it. The rats eat their way out through your stomach. It's quite painful, or so I'm told. That's not ingenious at all, that's terrible. Oh no, it's quite humane. Your sins get purified by experiencing the pain you caused others. It's a win-win if you ask me. Your soul gets a chance to go to heaven, and the rats get a meal. I'm not sure if I'm even going to heaven, I told the man in a rare moment of honesty. He shrugged and lit a torch under the box. It was every bit as painful as he said it would be. Then, for some reason, once I was numb to the pain and the loss of blood, I told him everything. I told him about my memories of growing up in Rome, my Roman father who was awesome and taught me about the Greeks, my current father who is an hat, and just about anything that came to mind. The strange part was that he just sat there and listened to me. After a while, he said, I'm sorry to do this, bro but I do understand your pain. Trust me when I say it gets better. Before I was able to ponder how things could get better from being eaten alive by rats, he dumped the wraps and they scattered through the dungeon. My gut was not a pretty sight. He pulled a long, thin dagger from his jacket and it looked familiar to me. Just as it was about to go through my eye socket into my skull, I knew where I had seen it before. It was Stabby's! And he had used it to kill me in the Roman battlefield. I knew I should have recognized that bro wasn't a medieval colloquialism. Alright, that was the rest of Orion uh, Life 2 and thank you so much for listening. Of course, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read more of Orion on this podcast, but if you are anxious to uh, get to the end or you're just want to hear it done with a professional actor, uh, I suggest you go ahead and check the audiobook version of Orion on Audible. Uh, Audible actually gives you a free download and also a free month if you sign up. So basically you can get Orion for free and then cancel your subscription after you download Orion for free and just get it for free. Don't tell Audible I told you that, but yeah, pretty much you can do that. So yeah, just so you know, that is an option, Uh, but I'll also be reading it here, and of course there'll be more tuners coming up. Uh, Tuners will probably be on the next podcast, and as far as the next podcast, I don't know exactly when I'll be able to do it. I thank you all so much for your support while I'm going through uh, everything that's going on, And, uh, you know, uh, thank you so much, and I'll I'll try and get stuff out. Uh, I might have to be a a phantom podcast for a little while here. Uh, Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and talk about uh, Real Paranormal Activity. It's on Mondays with Aaron Hunter. It is a great podcast about ghost stories. Man, that's what got me here. Who doesn't like hearing ghost stories? Go ahead and get around a campfire and listen to it. Then of course I'm on Tuesdays, and then you have Terry's Mysterious Moments on Wednesdays, and it's a great show uh, about all the different weird stuff that has happened throughout uh, the ages. I would say that it 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 gives you some interesting tidbits and and uh, research about just unexplained phenomenon uh, that that goes on. And then finally, you have Patrick Sean Jones and the Sandman's Lullaby, which is a fun show about dreams. And there's also a lot of musicians that appear on that show. And and it's interesting to hear, you know, how musicians and, uh, you know, dreams tie into their musics. And so, so yeah, if you're you're interested in hearing about dreams, but also hearing about musicians you may have never heard of, you know, uh, go check that out. You know, you might, you might, Find some music that you like on there so yeah that's the uh the lineup of the rpa network and thank you so much for listening and if you see a clown on the street especially if you're in minneapolis and they're on hennepin avenue say hi because they won't be expecting that thank you and good night